You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, horror for the casually obsessed. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, we are delving into an episode that is near and dear to my heart, something that I've been trying to get on the podcast forever, and uh, have finally broken John down enough to get him to do it. We're doing Titles of Terror, and we're kicking it off with The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave. Now, that's a great title. You want to tell everybody what you mean by Titles of Terror, maybe? It's a great title. Okay, so yeah, the, <laughs> these movies, we're talking about them just because the title's so good. Now, I, now, the movie lives up to the title. Yes. Absolutely. Same with the movie that we'll be talking about on part two. I've been trying to get that movie on the podcast for a while as well. Well, good. This is a compromise. <laughs> the titles are dope. <laughs> we finally come together on this. Yeah, The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave. This was a movie we bought sight unseen because that title was too fucking good. Yeah, and you know, I'm not envying future myself for having to fit that title in our graphic design. Oh, sure. That's For the be podcast fun. image, yeah. that is going to be real interesting. Um, it's one of those things where, like, maybe we shouldn't have even put a title on the podcast because the title of the movie sells everything you need to know. Yeah, that's true. Like, we just, like, face value. <laughs> like, how do you put a tagline on this movie for the poster even? You're just like, I, I don't think it needs it. The think... title is the tagline. Yeah. I will say that the the Arrow video box, not box set, the Arrow video disc we have ha- has a tagline on the front of it. And it says, the worms are waiting. Ooh. Isn't that great? That's good. <laughs> Yeah, I fucking love a long title. Um, Duh, you know, <laughs> Nightmare on <laughs> Film Street. That's not a long title. I don't know. What, what, there's something about it. It's it's. Uh, it's a short story in eight words. A short story in eight words. Yeah, it's like a really dope poster. You, like you know, the poster is going to be good because you have like those words scrawled in huge lettering over whoever the whoever the fuck cares. Like a skeleton <laughs> with a great wig. Perfect. <laughs> Which is exactly what the poster is. It's just like a skeleton lady. With a great wig. With a great wig holding up a severed head of a man who's not in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and the best thing about it, too, is you are, you're given such a lofty premise by the title that the whole movie, there are several nights in this movie. It isn't a one-night movie. No. So every it's night. Like, it's like the Fortnite Evelyn came out of the grave. Yes. So every night that you're, like, every night in the film, you're like, is tonight the night? Is tonight the night? And uh, eventually it is the night. <laughs> So this might be a movie that a lot of people listening have not necessarily heard. I think more than ever, this is a great time for three good things, why people should check it out. I don't really think you need a, a plot synopsis up top, like, oh, there's a woman named Evelyn. She died a while back. She comes out the she's grave. she's coming out of the fucking grave. <laughs> so Kim, three good things about the night Evelyn came out of the grave. Yeah, the first thing I'm going to say is that this movie is like super decadent. Like it's super luxurious. The sets are really cool. The characters themselves are, like, really fantastically dressed. Alan Cunningham, the lead character, is got 
velvet suits for days. Uh, you've got some killer, like, late 60s hair. I know this came out, I think, 1970, but yeah. it's 60s. Early 70s. Yeah. yeah, it's like 60s-style hair. It's set in a castle. Like, it's set in multiple castles. Yeah, so you are you are given, like, a treat <laughs> of just visuals. There's wallpaper. There's, what do you call them, frescoes? Like, Grecian frescoes, like, Rome uh, wall paintings. It's it's opulent as fuck. <laughs> I don't know what mine. What what would I pick for number two? I'm trying to find something hella specific. But uh, okay, I'll say this: it's a giallo movie, but it's also kind of like an Edgar Allan Poe gothic, gothic horror. horror. That yeah. was gonna be my point. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I guess seance. There's a fucking seance in this giallo movie. Yeah, like you have a haunted castle. You have a seance. You have an eerie painting. You have a potential ghost haunting a new wife it's got everything you need for that perfect gothic story it's the portrait of dorian gray with scorned wives and Love cheating yeah. but it's also a giallo it's also a serial killer film uh-huh it's everything <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> that's why i said decadent this movie said no <laughs> yeah to you know de- decadent really kind of like sums it all up what's our <laughs> what's our last good thing with most giallo films there is some Really great camera work, some really cool shots, POVs. They do some really inventive stuff with the camera, and there's like a lot of tree lurking, which I really like. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's always a peeper every time. (laughs) Like, you gotta, it's like trying to cast suspicion on somebody, like, oh, who's committing these murders? Who's behind the mystery? You gotta have a groundskeeper that you can't trust. Yeah, like, and I'm not gonna lie, the plot is a little convoluted because there's just so much that they're trying to do they're trying to do a mystery they're trying to do a slasher they're doing they're doing a lot yeah and even when the story starts to fail you at least visually it's super captivating and inventive so like there's always something worth seeing uh with whatever they're serving The trailer is mostly just uh, text and uh, thunder clap sounds, so enjoy that for a few seconds, and we'll be back very shortly. <laughs> Real good sell, John.
the night Evelyn came out of the grave. Do we want to try and do the the the? the we want to try and butcher the Italian title for this. You want to try reading this? La noche Evelyn Usi dalla tomba. There you go. Uski Usi, yeah. Bueno. Yeah, the night Evelyn came out of the grave, currently sitting at a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Fools! And a 3.1 out of 5 on Letterboxd. Yeah, this is definitely a movie that will show up on a sort of forgotten Giallo list. Uh, You know, like once you're done watching all the Argento movies here, you know, if you want to peel back the carpet and and see some of the movies that aren't always talked about in the Giallo genre, this is definitely one that's going to show up. And uh, yeah, you got a gorgeous restoration from Arrow Video waiting for you. It's probably on their service. I'm, I'm not sure. We don't subscribe to Arrow Video right now, but uh, we, we picked up a disc at a film festival once where they had a booth, and we've never regretted that decision. No, I think this is maybe one of the like impulse Arrow Video buys that we've actually watched the most. Some of them yep. we haven't even watched them, because that's... Something that you always end up doing. You're like, how many, how many times do you need to watch Microwave Massacre? I need you know? 66 movies today. <laughs> <laughs> there is something about this movie that I, I just, if it didn't kick the movie off, I would love to just not bring it up until the very end of the movie. But our lead character is a serial killer. And we all know. We all know. Half <laughs> the characters in the movie know. Everyone knows. <laughs> but at some point, not important anymore. Not important <laughs> just, at all. Just gone. Like, it is your classic, I'm a guy who's uh, just been released. I'm a guy. <laughs> I'm just, just a regular ladies. Joe. <laughs> no, what, what I'm getting at is like, it's a gothic horror story about a person who's gone mad after the death of their wife. And then they meet a new woman who looks, you know, despite not having red hair it looks it's key. Rem- the red hair is key is very key is remarkably similar to his ex-wife uh, his late wife and evelyn. and evelyn and uh you know the vibe in the haunt the vibe in the castle gets haunted and maybe evelyn's here and she's unhappy about all this and people not this, start not dying not the murders that he's been committing no. but the new marriage yeah so that's what i'm saying it's like it's that classic gothic horror template but then for just like a little seasoning on top they're like what if our lead was a bad dude <laughs> like what if he spent his nights uh finding women that looked remarkably similar to killing his late wife every redhead in italy <laughs> and killing them to get revenge that he could not enact on his wife before she died okay so th- saying that though do you think he killed evelyn because so th- Slowly through these hallucinatory visions from Alan, our lead character, we do discover that Evelyn was being unfaithful because she was prancing naked in the field with a guy that evidently wasn't her husband, I learned at the end of the movie. We never see who that guy is, No, and the trees are very well placed to not show anyone's weenus. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's like the Garden of Eden. Like, she's running toward this mysterious man of hers, and her gown just falls off into the the wind, and they embrace and roll around (laughs) in the grass. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. But he definitely has seen this. He does. Knows. He discover it and then murder them both. Is that why she's dead? Like, how is how is Evelyn in the grave? Nobody, t- nobody tells us. I thought I was just stupid, and I, you know, had or my brain had just drifted off at one point while watching it. And I just did a quick little skim on the plot in Wikipedia. <laughs> I saw zero information like, okay, about so- how she died. <laughs> so Evelyn's dead. Uh... There, there is a plot. 
beat halfway through the movie, like, oh, maybe Evelyn faked her death, and she's now trying to haunt you, like, to drive you mad. Yeah, because his new wife is like, are you sure she's not dead? I'm pretty sure I saw a fucking ghost in the kitchen. (laughs) And, like, this is a good point. This is a good part here for Alan to maybe tell us and his new wife. How, How she, she died. died. <laughs> but no, not at all. Because the last moment of Evelyn, in terms of what the audience knows, is that fornication scene. No, is no, that... First and last, this is the only thing we know about her, is that she cheated on him. We don't know anything else. That's very true. So I'm assuming that he killed her after seeing her cheat, and now he's he can't get over it. And so he's just killing her over and over and over so again. So that's why I think that Which he I love. didn't kill her. Because he didn't get that chance. And now he's like real mad that he didn't have that opportunity. But I and think so it's he's... even darker if he did kill her and he just keeps killing her. Really? Uh, I don't know. Uh... He's just so let down by Evelyn. I... I, I don't know. I guess when either I, one could be true. When I think about him killing other women because he's killed his wife already, that see that sounds like a it's like an unlock code that I that I that I put into my own brain. Like, oh, like oh, I now didn't he know, can be a serial killer. Yeah, like I didn't know how much I loved this, and I have to do it over and over. And but they have to look like my wife, otherwise I'm not into it. I think it's even darker if he didn't. Like also, what's the deal with the boots? Evelyn didn't wear the boots. He makes them put on boots. Uh, yeah, he makes the. He he makes these these women put on boots and they, they're allowed to wear whatever they want, but they have to wear the fucking boots. And then he whips them and then I guess he stabs them to death. He's He's got a whole thing. The murders are a lot. So he's got this castle in the country. At the beginning of the film, he lives in the city. So this castle is like his den of inequity. He's got one really cool pad in there and then a sex death dungeon. Yes. And that's it. <laughs> Everything else is essentially crumbling. Cobwebs. <laughs> yeah. But at some point he just meets with his, his like his estate manager. He's like, yes, I think we should restore the castle. Begin immediately. You have a month. And then the next scene, it's done. You know, like, it's gorgeous. They've, they've just got that kind of money, I guess. Well, he's worth three million pounds, John. He's worth three million pounds in velour suits, is what he's <laughs> worth. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of long cigarette smoking and uh, just a lot of uh, rich parties that he goes to. It seems like they have like they're all the parties are in the same field and they're his field. <laughs> <laughs> it seems it, they have the air of royalty. Like I think they actually have titles. I think there's even a conversation at some point with his cousin who keeps trying to set him up with other redheaded ladies that. They're thinking about getting rid of their title and just becoming a an anonymous rich person. And the idea of that, he's like, oh, no, don't, you couldn't possibly lose your title. Yeah, I'm, I think he's a sir. I don't know what that means. Yeah, but... he's been knighted. I have no idea. Somebody that's been given land hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Oh, the and is Cunninghams. Just... <laughs> yeah, the Cunninghams, that classic <laughs> Italian family. <laughs> yeah, so these uh, this this cousin of his keeps setting him up. Or at least tipping him off to redheaded women that and look they like keep his wife. Disappearing. Yeah, and he's like, So did you ever go to that club? Did you ever see that girl sing? Like, uh no, no, I never oh, went. Like, oh, like, oh shame, that's unfortunate. She's missing. Yeah. Oh, you really missed out. <laughs> like if only she wasn't presumed dead. <laughs> and he's got a collection of false license plates. He is really invested in, you know, this dark 
serial killer spin he's mentally going on. Yeah, the open. So like when we first watched this, like the 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 opening five minutes are like a perfect short film. There's like a cold open where he's like running away from a mental institution, <laughs> and then they catch him in a coliseum and <laughs> they drug him, and then and then the, the real movie starts. Uh, I had to I completely forgot that. forgotten about <laughs> I've that. I've already forgotten that. Yeah, that's not this movie. But it's 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 a guy in a nice car who shows up, picks up a girl on the street. Uh, she's obviously a sex worker because they immediately start talking. But she's about gorgeous. Money. She, yeah, she's amazing. And and <laughs> before they get to his house, he stops the car. He's like, "Let us stop. Let us have a cigarette." I do not like to drive and smoke. And then she's like, "Yeah, that sounds great. In I the would love of to." Nowhere. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go out and check the tires. I'm gonna go kick the tires. Yeah, and as you do on a date. We had no idea what movie we were in for. Again, we bought this solely on the title, uh, so we have zero expectations of what's going on. We don't know who this guy is. We don't know what he wants. We don't know anything. He gets out of the car and just kicks off the license plates and like, you know, reveals that he's, he's, Disguised his license plates, like, oh shit! I think, I think he's a bad dude. Like, yeah, I think you're he's like, oh, kidnapping fuck, this he's woman. He's gonna murder this girl. Like, this could go absolutely anywhere, and that's where it goes. He, mur- <laughs> <laughs> he ties that girl up and he murders that girl. He does give her a nice shawl first. <laughs> yeah, and we see him do this a whole bunch. His psychiatrist even shows up, like, oh hey, see that you're the in psychiatrist. The again. Oh god, the psychiatrist is my favorite part because when he shows up, he's like. Are you killing ladies again? Does he say that at no, all? No, but he fucking knows. I think he just knows. He doesn't say that exactly. He's like, dude, you got to stop with the redheads, bud. <laughs> stop well, with your danger, your your danger tunnel and your evil chamber of horrors. We have no idea what he had, uh, what he knows about this guy. We we don't have any scenes ever in the movie about. Uh, his treatment in the in the institution beforehand, because like the whole idea is that his wife died and he went mad because of it, mm-hmm. and because he killed her. I I, <laughs> I, I, I like to imagine that. So he's she just died. Sequ- she was just full of health and naked romps in the in the field, and then just died. What's a what's a gothic horror story without some tragedy? All right, well, give us the tragedy. Consumption. She, <laughs> she died of consumption. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think he sequestered himself away in the West Wing and slowly plotted out his revenge against his wife. And while he was up there, thunder and lightning blazing, plans, schemes, schematics. She forgot to eat. Yeah, she just, she died. And then he was like, no, I'll never murder her with my own bare hands. And it drove him insane. And, uh, you know, now Whatever, we're just going to disagree on that because I think that he murdered her. Okay. The point is, Evelyn's dead. We don't know how. We don't know why. But, it, you know, her presence looms large over the entire castle. I will agree with that. Yeah. Uh, he, in his pursuit of murder. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a pursuit. He's just crazy. Accidentally finds the new love of his life. I don't know. I think what happens is he lets one redhead get away. Things are going crazy. Does, does she get away? She does get away because she's in the fucking ending, John. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't think she got away. I thought she died, but turns out, whoops, she didn't. Well, it's like while he's chasing her and attacking her, he passes out <laughs> in Evelyn's It tomb. happens a few times. There's a lot of convenient fainting in the movie, yeah. But hey, he was insane at one point, so I guess that makes sense. <laughs> it's weird that they never put him on medication. They're just like, stop murdering people and get a wife who doesn't 
doesn't have red hair. He's like, hey, I'll stop murdering people when I'm not worth three thousand, three million pounds, okay? Yeah, and I don't think he's in love with Gladys. So he meets this woman at a party, and she's blonde, and he's like, fuck, this is great. I don't feel like murdering her. Uh, so <laughs> That's he, how you know it's love. <laughs> so he's like, <laughs> I don't feel like murdering this one. She must be my new wife. Yeah, so that very first night, he's like, let's get married. We know that he's planning on this because, one, the doctor told him to do it. And, two, he's getting the castle redone in only a month in anticipation of bringing a new bride there. Okay. Because, he like, immediately life is all set up for him. He's moved to the country. He's got a blonde wife he doesn't want to murder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But he's still having trouble letting go of Evelyn because he won't get rid of the creepy painting in their bedroom. Yeah, don't you love a creepy... It's not, it's not, even, it's a not even a creepy painting. painting. It's just a portrait of a dead woman. It's creepy. It's creepy if dead. you throw a bunch... Okay. <laughs> Fine. <Woo. laughs> Given the circumstances, it's a creepy painting, but yeah. Also, they zoom in on her eyes a whole bunch. I think that's creepy. All right. Sure. Yeah. His new. She's wa- like, oh, they forgot his glass of milk. <laughs> his new wife can't handle the painting. Eventually, she uh, she forces him to destroy it. She destroys it herself, though, which because is Because there's a, her fucking ghost keeps appearing in the window, and Alan gives zero fucks about it. Yeah, it's... It's interesting that he's not alarmed at all. He doesn't try and chase after this ghost. He's not... It's like he's like, oh, yeah, the ghost. Yeah, it comes in the spring. This is a universe. This film exists in a universe where ghosts exist and that's cool and men are serial killers and that's also cool. Because (laughs) he's a serial killer. We talked about the doctor kind of knowing. There's a groundskeeper we haven't talked about as much. Right. Who happens to be Evelyn's brother. So Alan is paying him off. He's... He's but, kind of like a groundskeeper, caretaker. Like, he has a, a role on the estate. He's but. taking care of some foxes. Yeah. <laughs> but they also have foxes. And this groundskeeper keeps witnessing him, Alan, murdering women that look like his dead sister. Yeah. And does nothing does about nothing. it. Does nothing. Absolutely nothing comes of it. There's no, like, bigger plot. He's not trying to frame him. He's not trying to bribe him. He's just like, yeah, just keep giving me, you know, like, 500 pounds every time you see me, and I'll keep feeding the foxes. I mean, he does have the... He's presented as, like, a wild card. Maybe he's... It's because he hides in the trees. Mo- that's that's, that's, that's his deepest yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at some point, while he's lurking around in the trees, somebody hits him over the head and he dies. You know, like, there's that. But he never... Nothing really comes of it. It is just sort of a misdirect. Yeah, he's just a red herring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But an underdeveloped red herring. <laughs> it, it, underdeveloped is, is the speed we're working at with this <laughs> entire movie. Uh, it's what makes it so good. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 in to $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 $50 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. 
new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So, but what I was I was getting to before I went on my weird tangent is that ghosts also exist in this universe and, and nobody gives a fuck because they have a seance and they're and where you're like, oh, okay, yeah. fuck yeah, seance scene. This is going to be so cool. And Alan's like, maybe I can get some closure from this. Maybe I can talk to Evelyn and we can, you know, like sort things out and then like you know i can get over her being dead uh-huh. and not keep killing women's yes and as soon as evelyn appears and everybody's cool with it everybody sees evelyn everybody... it's not just a hallucination he has <laughs> everybody looks up at this ghost and then alan's like oh and passes out and then that the seance ends and everybody's like huh alan couldn't handle that ghost if what a o- loser. Yeah, what a loser. If only he hadn't have fainted, maybe we could have communicated with her. Like, until they said that line, I thought he was the only one that could see her. And no one, no was, one reacted. Yeah, no one was <laughs> exhilarated. No one was, like, giddy with laughter. No one was super, like, what did we see? Like, this was not the scene in Beetlejuice where they all did the the shrimp cocktail dance. And we're like, oh, my God, this is so much fun. Ghosts exist. <laughs> right, Harry they Belafonte like, not made for this moment. <laughs> they were just like, ugh. Our seance was cut short. What are we going to do tonight? Ugh, gross. Like, we got to talk to each other now? Hate it. Fucking Alan. <laughs> At some point, Evelyn does come out of the grave. She does. It's and it is fucking so, incredible. So worth waiting for. Because every other time that, that Alan has gone into Evelyn's tomb, uh, where she's been interred or whatever. You don't know it's her tomb because she's technically technically buried at the cemetery so the family has a uh what do you call it like a mausoleum at an actual cemetery and evelyn's tomb is supposed to be there Mm. got her name on it there are really old cunningham graves in a private ruinsy mausoleum on the property and when alan restores the house he says like oh just 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 go ahead and brick that up yeah just hide all those old secrets so no one can break in is what he (laughs) says so evelyn can't come out you know the grave Every, every time he's stepped foot in there, he's passed out. And <laughs> and sometimes when he shows up, that like there's obviously a gas leak or something. Right? But uh, it's... the night Evelyn lit the gas leak. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the last time that he goes in, he does pass out at this time as well. He finds a lighter that he's previously gotten rid of, like it's a trinket. Left I don't even over understand from... what the the deal is with that lighter. It's, it's Sarah's I... lighter. Who's Sarah? Sarah is the is the is the girl that he gets from the. The nightclub, like the Susie? performer. Susie, my mistake. Susie. It's her lighter. It's evidence that she was at the house and he tried to destroy it by just like hiding it in the fox cage because uh, he keeps foxes. Into the fox cage. <laughs> <laughs> the last time that he's in the tomb, though, we move one of the caskets aside and it reveals a staircase that goes down to like a sub tomb. Okay, so I want a sub tomb tomb so oh. bad now. <laughs> you know, like a library with a secret entrance. I need a- You need a secret entrance to your own grave? <laughs> no, I want a coffin that leads to more coffins. <laughs> uh, I mean, we could just... have a coffin that leads to a speakeasy. Or yeah, or just a speakeasy or just This doesn't have to be a thing that you have in depth. <laughs> what if it just leads to like a shed where we keep the garden hose? Can you imagine? <laughs> oh man. Hey guys, do you have like an extra Turn left at the coffin? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we should fucking do this. Like, we should just have a coffin. It's like, oh, they left up a Halloween decor. Did somebody just step into that grave? Yeah, like, you just open it and there's stairs? How dope Hell would yeah. that be? We, 
we could do like a fallout shelter or something. You, okay. You climb into the coffin to get like your canned beans. I don't know if the the last thing I want to see before locking the shelter door is a <laughs> coffin. Like, hey guys, don't worry. We're going to be safe. Just step into this coffin with me. We'll avoid the apocalypse. <laughs> it sounds like a trick. <laughs> don't forget to rebutton the velvet lining. We don't want anyone to find us. <laughs> So he goes into her tomb, uh, and then he sees the coffin open itself up, and Evelyn slowly rises out of the casket. Well, he checks to make sure he's in there, because she's not in the family tomb, and there's, like, a bunch of coffins. We're like, which one has Evelyn in it? And finally, he opens one, and we're like, oh, that's a that's a red wig on a skeleton. That's, <laughs> that's definitely Evelyn. But as soon as he turns around... Evelyn, skeleton Evelyn opens her fucking eyes. It looks amazing. It looks so fucking creepy. It, when, you, when you're when you looking at her, you think, oh, this is a cool little Halloween prop. It does not look like a human being whatsoever. No, and it then, looks like a corpse. Like, I, I was fully accepting. I'm like, oh, this is rotten Evelyn. Evelyn yeah. is actually dead. Okay. Yeah. And when, when those eyes open, though, it is like, holy shit. We fucking made it. We're here. She's alive. Or, you know, she's undead. <laughs> you know, she's coming out of the goddamn damn great like, oh shit amazing. evelyn is actually pissed <laughs> yeah and uh, obviously he passes out uh i think the yeah but she fucking comes out of the grave like she climbs up those secret coffin basement stairs she climbs out of the bricked up tomb she's on that weird warbly bridge to the tomb yeah and she's being... gliding through the fucking oh, forest at night being all haunting as fuck with her red hair and her skeleton face and yeah, it's pouring, it's thunder and lightning. Alan gets stuck in the mud and he's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and then how does he, does he die of fright? Is that the, is that the, the story? Fuck. No, I think he goes full cuckoo bananas and they commit him so that they're able to go to his, oh, sorry. his incapacitated will because he's no longer that's, of sound mind. That's what fucked my brain up because they read his will. They, they say that he is effectively not alive anymore. <laughs> He's <laughs> so crazy that we can divide his estate up. He ain't ever coming back. Uh, and what's great about that too is that he does leave a bunch of money to the psychiatrist and head of the institution where he's been institutionalized. Uh, so it doesn't feel like an inside job at all. <laughs> like That guy totally has an incentive to do this. Above board. Yeah. Uh, above, the estate is, is left to his cousin. Uh, profits of the estate are left to his now, his new wife. I think it's like renter's rights. Like she gets to just live there. But I don't think she owns anything. No, I think it's if they ever sell it, I think she gets profits of that but it, when are they ever going to sell it it's been in the family for like a thousand years kind yeah. of deal right so i mean yes she basically gets to live there for free <laughs> what a great deal and that's where we and that's where we discover that this has all been like a simpson style con i was gonna job. say a scooby-doo <laughs> yeah like we yeah. go full scooby-doo world where the night that evelyn came out of the grave gladys the wife takes off the skeleton costume and she's the one that dressed as Evelyn. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, and she has been in a relationship with his cousin George and they've conspired together to essentially take his inheritance. Like we already know that he's kind of cuckoo bananas. He's back in the world and we're all welcoming him with open arms but we're all behind his back being like, I think this guy's fucking crazy. And they, they just 
create a situation that puts him over the edge. When you when you think back on it, you're like, oh, he's the one that keeps feeding him these redheads. That's so, true. Like, he's just trying to get him into a, a relationship. I don't think he knows that his cousin, if, if he maybe knows, but I don't think he expected his cousin to start murdering these women. I think he's just like, hey, why don't you get married so uh, your ghost wife can get real jealous about it? Like he him. starts out by just sending him like, these are women that look like his wife. Maybe he'll fall in love with one. And instead he just like starts murdering them all. And he's like, wow, maybe we'll this try plan a- is back. <laughs> And then he's like, maybe we'll just try a blonde next. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you think that he had met with and established a con job relationship with all of these women that he's been hooking them up with? I think so. That's crazy. At least two we know of. That's true. Because one of them, uh, Susie, comes back. Uh, Were you like, wait, I thought you were dead. At first I was like, who is this? I sometimes have facial blindness with Italian, 70s Italian movies. and I I have facial blindness in general and their hair changes so much. There were times where the wife was revealed to be doing stuff and I was like, Wait, she was wearing a different wig a minute ago. Is this her? Yeah, yeah. Their hair changes, but it's like everybody's hair is very similar. It's like they have several different styles, and they occasionally just like swap hats, like it's a cartoon, you know. <laughs> uh, and so they, they, and he's very, he's got a type, you know. Like all of the women look the same way, so they look like the same people, uh, and uh, that was confusing at first. Uh, but occasionally, people say their names out loud, and I'm like, oh, that's this person. <laughs> In the end, we find out that George and Gladys are a con duo, and while they're celebrating... uh, In a third location. Well, they gotta keep it on the down low. (laughs) They gotta gotta keep it quiet. You know, we don't just have castles to ourselves. In this super (laughs) random modern townhouse. Yeah, it's a cool little Airbnb that's got a nice pool in the backyard with some sulfuric acid just hanging out by the edge. Just don't tip it over. Everything's fine. That is like a Batman scene waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, They're having glasses of champagne, and suddenly Gladys starts feeling woozy, and she starts passing out and that's where Susie appears and we find out that like it's been a double cross and it's Susie and, and George that were really the masterminds behind all of this and Gladys was just another victim in the line. But so then it's we... a triple cross because Gladys in her dying strength stabs Susie and George is like this works out. This works out pretty okay for great. me. Yeah. Cool. I mean, saves me a lot of time. He starts like rubbing off his fingerprints on glasses like he's just going to walk out. <laughs> like he's like, oh, wait, weird. I don't know what happened here, but I guess the estate and all the money is mine now. Wow. Uh, but like on his way out, he's confronted by the police, the psychiatrist, and Alan himself. Who's... We're just, we've decided not crazy and actually the protagonist. Yeah, no, see, this is the, the, the quadruple cross <laughs> where we faked my institutionalization and that this was all a ruse to get you to admit to a crime. And then they dump him in the acid. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they dump the acid into the pool. He falls into it. And then they basically just drag him away while he's uh, while he's kicking and screaming and, and his skin is burning. where the motherfucking credits roll. Freeze frame. <laughs> Alan wins. That's right. Motherfuckers, you try and take my money from me? Ha ha! I'm smarter than you. I've got the cops and the psychiatrists in my pocket. No one cares about the women that he's killed. Yeah, so it's the <laughs> like weirdest. The... <laughs> it is the weirdest fucking ending ever. Like, ah, the serial killer wins! <laughs> you are just left with the strangest emotions because we fully like go to black on the the revealed bad guy covered in acid, screaming in pain, being carted away by the police officers. But 
Alan is not cured. Alan no. has murdered people. He even like he beat the shit out of Gladys several times. Oh and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is? Because she wore a red wig and it yeah. reminded him of his ex-wife. <laughs> he was like, "What the fuck?" It was a choice. There isn't even him... like a look at the end where he like looks directly into the camera and we're like, "Ooh, wow, dark ending." Nobody wins. He basically hi- like it's like a serial killer and the cops high five. Like, yeah, try and steal my money. I'm rich. Like that's that's how the movie ends. It is wild. It's so wild. We never learn what killed Evelyn. Nope. We never learn what the therapy even is for Alan at this point. No. Like, is he gonna marry another blonde and hope that she isn't part of a double cross scheme? Like, no, I think he just got some more money because his cousin will now. Like, he's gonna get whatever his cousin's got probably in an inheritance because he's gone off to jail uh, or he's dead. I mean, he might die from his wounds, and then he's just gonna continue to go on killing redheaded women until he's an old man. Okay. So there's still loose ends, John, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to bring them up to you. Okay. The silverware that was missing, somebody robbed the house of silverware. Mm-hmm. Somebody was dressed in a red wig uh who Gladys allegedly saw. Oh, well, um, we know that that's George. There's a quick little line where she's like, "Wow, you looked so good in that red wig." But it wasn't. It was Susie. Oh, right, right, right. Um, <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like 2 seconds later, Susie comes out and he's like, "You idiot." What? <laughs> Well, the ghost of the ghost of Evelyn does appear in the window. We see her very briefly. Alan doesn't give a fuck, which they're like they put so much effort in like a thirteen ghosts to her, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. like a a nightmare alley. Yeah, that works too. And he doesn't give a fuck. He like goes to the bathroom. He's like, I'm going outside. <laughs> but somebody steals this all like this family silverware and dish set, and we eventually find them. They're in another coffin next to Evelyn's body. Yeah. Well, I think that was just they were stealing the silverware. And, to what end? I don't know. Just to try and like, oh, Evelyn's coming back from the grave and to she, take her silverware. She wants her wedding gifts. <laughs> yeah. That's probably what it was. Yeah. Okay. Here's the biggest one. Yeah. Aunt Agatha uh-huh. can walk. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's we have a character <laughs> who's been in a wheelchair the entire movie, but then- Seconds before she dies, while she's following her uh, her nephew, uh, Alan, You're like, oh, what's he going? What's going on? Why is he or going is to Evelyn's grave? Or is she following Gladys? I don't even fucking remember. She's following man. somebody. She's following somebody in the goddamn woods. She steps up out of her wheelchair to, lur- lur- le- you know, peer through some trees, and then somebody hits her over the head with a rock, <laughs> whaps her with a styrofoam rock, and it's wonderful. But you're like. Wait a minute. Is she... St- we had to rewind it. They're like- all con artists, Kim. <laughs> Everybody's coming for his money. Everybody's bad. This is a game of 13 Dead and Drive is what this is. Yeah. Even the cat is after him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, this, movie's, this movie is unique. <laughs> it, I, I've never seen a movie that has that kind of ending and this kind of tone, and it, it, it says nothing. <laughs> the ending is so batshit, but honestly, the movie is so, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, but that's the funny thing. Like The, the movie on, as a whole is great, and the comedic touches of like, I don't understand the decisions you made here are great. Like, it's not even like a so bad it's good kind of thing. It is It is very funny, though. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what, like, what we were doing with the ending, if maybe it got cut short and there was more explained. Because I feel very 
like, okay, well, you, you've tied the ends, but why are they tied this way? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, why can she stand? <laughs> yeah, why can, why can she stand? Why doesn't anybody care about the women that he's killed? What does the decorator think of the, the sex dungeon? Is it left there? Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, I'm going to leave. Y'all just go ahead and decorate every room of this house restore it to its pristine uh, fashion, and uh, don't ever bring up all the torture implements and blood in the downstairs room that I frequent. Maybe it's supposed to be like a super deep commentary about how like the rich can just get away with anything and they're all bad. I mean, maybe. And we're maybe. supposed to take actually take something out of this movie other than like somebody dressed up as a ghost to scare a man to death and giving away all of his money. It's nuts. The ending could it be exactly as it is if they just cut out the scenes where he murdered those girls and you're like okay this totally makes sense they, yeah they yeah double cross on a double cross on a double cross yeah Hilarious. If, he, if he wasn't a murderer and it just started with him bringing his new bride to like his crumbling castle that's crumbling because you know his wife died and he's super hurting about it but how do you get butts in seats kim and then all of a sudden ghosts how do you get butts in seats how are you selling tickets murder yeah it's... <laughs> that's how you do it as much as I'm like, yeah, it would make more sense if we just cut out half the things that make this movie crazy. I love it. Oh, yeah. I I, I love the insanity of it. It makes it so watchable because you're just like, I have no idea what's happening, but everybody's hair is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's a great little uh, it's a great little timestamp of a movie. It's uh, wholly unique. I, I don't know that I've seen many other movies quite like it, and it's a fun ride. Yeah, if you want to watch an Italian Scooby-Doo, this is the one to watch. You really can't undersell how weird the end of this movie is. Who is the best person in this movie? The psychic? Because she's actually a real psychic? I guess, yeah. She's the only <laughs> one not pulling a con. Yeah. <laughs> Give that woman a tip. Wow. Actually conjured a ghost. So how are you rating this movie, Kim? Uh, well, I want to give it a four out of four. Yeah, whatever. Rave with your heart. I mean, the ending is awful but in the best ways yeah i think the ending like the way it ends is the, the whole reason we're talking about the movie right now it's the reason we keep re-watching it because you're you're watching them build this story and you're like, like how and are that's they gonna... how you yeah. end it <laughs> yeah it was just like how are they gonna get out of this like who is gonna be evelyn it's... or like is evelyn actually undead or is evelyn alive they, they give you so little information that it could very well have just been that evelyn is alive and she's just like fuck you alan stop murdering women if the entire movie it, like after the credits like like a marvel movie we had a sequence where we just saw a woman in a cafe somewhere with like a big hat and sunglasses and she pulled them down and we realized it's evelyn she winks at the camera like that would make total sense have we watched all the credits i uh... <laughs> <laughs> i believe in that <laughs> it's it's a crazy finale because it's like the rug gets pulled out from underneath every single character they're like gets... six rugs john all the yeah there are six rugs they all get pulled and then the last one is underneath you. Like, the rug gets pulled out from underneath you as a viewer. Like, credits roll. You're like, oh, shit, we're done here. Okay. All right. I, I'll, I'll give it a 3.5 out of 4. <laughs> this movie's a lot of fun. Yeah. We didn't even talk about the fact that there is a burlesque scene where a burlesque dancer comes out of a fucking coffin. Comes out of a coffin. Ass first. Butt first. Oh, my God. It's incredible. <laughs> it is just cinematic gold. Should have been one of the good things. Oh, so good. So good. And you're like, is this Evelyn? <laughs> uh, and she did play Evelyn. Holy shit. That's a really good metaphor. She was Evelyn coming out of the grave. Oh, motherfucker. I mean, Gladys was Evelyn, but 
She played her ghost a bit. In our hearts, we're all Evelyn, Kim. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I did a quick little quick little look right here on Letterboxd. The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave is streaming on the Arrow Video channel, at least right now when we're recording this. Uh, you should absolutely check this movie out. Honestly, in a couple years from now, when everybody forgets it, we're going to do this as a watch party because it is just that bonkers. It's a lot of fun. It's an insane movie. It's bananas, yeah. But let us know what you thought of the night Evelyn came out of the grave. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at NOFS Podcast or in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com slash Discord. We'll be back again very soon with another movie with an equally long title that's equally as atmospheric, has a lot of fucking questions, and it's just like gothic to the core. I love a good title. If you've been a fan of Nightmare on Film Street for a while, consider giving us some support over on Patreon. There's tons of bonus content there. We've been binging our way through the Universal Monsters for a special Patreon-exclusive series we're calling Graveyard Smash. John set me up with a soundboard, so uh, I have a bunch of gothic spooky sounds. Unlimited power yeah. is how I like I, to describe it. <laughs> I'm mad with power over there. It's been wonderful i'm trying to figure out how i can convince him to let me do it on the regular podcast <laughs> i think that's gonna be a no <laughs> i think that's gonna be a no uh anytime i have anything to say that she disagrees with i get a creaky door closed on my voice and it hurts <laughs> you can find us over at nofspodcast.com slash fiend club or patreon.com slash nightmare on film street either of those will take you there if supporting the podcast is not in the cards for you right now, that is absolutely fine. If you can please just leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening to this to help us grow the show on the charts or however people find it. Um, positive feedback is, you know, you don't buy shit on Amazon if it doesn't have a review. Uh, and same goes for podcasts. So if yeah. you could leave us, you know, a kind note, they're like, oh, they're weird and funny sometimes. Five stars. <laughs> sometimes, yeah. uh, That would be great. Thank you so much for listening and for being a fiend. We cannot wait to give you another long title in a week. <laughs> but until then, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay, Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.